This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. So I'm going to continue with the series that Andre started on, You Overcomes. And this morning, I want to tackle a topic called Intimidation or fear, or timidity, whichever category you want to want to put it in. But I want to tackle something that I've battled with for, for so long in my life, and I'm still confronted with it, and I'm really trusting that God's going to bring freedom in your, in your life. I mean, but what excites me is there's so many people stepping out. In spite of fear, in spite of, you know, resistance, but they're doing it, and it really blesses me. So I want to start with a few questions this morning. Nobody is raising hands, so don't worry. I just want you to think about it. Is it hard for you to say no? Are you afraid of confrontation? Do you compromise to avoid conflict? Are your decisions based on pleasing others? Are you constantly afraid of failing and therefore not even trying? Are you forever comparing yourself to other people and always falling short? If you can answer yes to any of those questions, you have picked the right Sunday to come to church. <laughs> and if you can't say yes to any of those, you've also picked the right Sunday because we're going to need you to pray for us. So you are all very welcome this morning. You know, before we moved to East London, the two years before we moved to East London, 2006, seven, I was part of a group in, in, in church who, who uh, would share, like Raven did this morning, just a short message before we received the offering on a Sunday. So we were a group of people. I was very excited about it because I am passionate about biblical stewardship and I actually have a lot of ideas, a lot of things to say. So I was very positive about being part of the group. However, when I received the very first email with a roster, you know, this is now my date. This is the date I'm going to share. I will still remember that moment. I, I was at work. I received the email and I was immediately very anxious. And I thought, what is going on with me? You know, surely a two-minute message in church can't have this effect on me, right? And I decided, no way. So I'm just going to push through. I'm going to do this. I've committed to do this, and I'm going to push through. But every time I had to do it, I was nervous. I was anxious. I remember doing breathing exercises behind the curtain. So back then, it was they did one song and then announcements, and then I would come up, do my short message. While everybody was worshiping, I was sitting behind the curtains doing my breathing exercises. You know, five in, hold for three, out, you know, all, all those things. If you don't know how it works and you need it, just do it, okay? I don't know if it helped, but in any case, I, I hated every moment. I was fearful, I was intimidated, and I came to a point where I decided, no ways. I'm, I'm a volunteer, I'm just going to phone the church office and say that I, I can't do this anymore. And at that very moment when I, when I had that thought of quitting, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Sonica, you can't do this. This is the enemy intimidating you, and he is, he is waiting for you to run. Don't give him this pleasure. I need you to push through. I need you to do this. And... God's instruction was very clear, so I was like, oh no, I can't quit. I need to do this. And I had to face intimidation. And it was the beginning, 
It was the beginning of many other positive moments in my life where I actually enjoyed it to speak. But that was a very, very crucial moment in my life where I knew that if I ran away, if I stopped doing it, if I decided to quit and if I actually did it, intimidation would have won. And God's instruction was so clear, and I learned so much through that experience. And even though I still had to fight, I still had to do it afraid sometimes, it became easier. And it was a crucial moment in my life. You see, I believe one of the biggest threats for us as Christians, well, anybody really, but especially for us, one of the biggest threats in becoming what God has destined you to be is intimidation. Because it's, it wants to silence you. It's a trick of the enemy to silence you. To keep you quiet, and it's, I'm not only today talking about public speaking, it, it's about anything that frightens you, anything that's too big or too overwhelming, and instead of pushing through, you're running away. You know, and I battled intimidation for a very long time before I actually realized what it was, because it's camouflage, it's subtle, it looks not necessarily like intimidation, I'll explain that to you now. So John Bevere, most of you would know him, he's an he's a author, uh, a minister, he wrote a book called Breaking Intimidation. If this is something you're battling with, I can really recommend this book, Breaking Intimidation. I've read it a few times, and every time I read it, I learn again. So he wrote the book based on the following word that he received from the Lord. God said to him, Son, there are many called to my great end-time army believers who are bound by intimidation. They have pure hearts toward God and man. However, like the Gideon of old, they are held captive by the fear of men. So based on this word, God said to him, you need to write a book. You need to, you need to help people to overcome intimidation so that they can do what I've called them to do. So as I said, intimidation is very subtle, and it uses different lies, and it normally attacks your identity. So let me give you a few ideas. You will hear voices in your head like, you have nothing to add or to contribute. So if, if you don't do anything, nobody's going to miss it. There's enough capable people to do the job. So it's not necessary for you to add your contribution. No one is interested in your opinion. You are not a leader. Don't even try. You're going to fail and look like a fool. And what about this one? My mom was like this. My grandmother was like this. I am like this. This is who I am. This is the voices you hear. This is my personality. I will never change. Everybody in my family is like this. This is who I am. And often this has got nothing to do with your personality. There's a spirit of intimidation coming against what God wants you to do. But in your opinion, it's this is just me. And I, can, I cannot change. The effect of intimidation is very interesting. This is why it's sometimes difficult to, to recognize it. It unleashes confusion discouragement, frustration. It makes us extremely self-conscious. makes you evaluate everything you'll do and say. So you, you would say something and then you would think, why did I say that? Why did I say it like that? Why, why did I say it in front of those people? Why did I speak at all? It will make you extremely self-conscious. It steals your joy, your strength. It makes you lose perspective. Everything will be overwhelming. Everything. When I'm intimidated, I'm very unproductive. I can't think clearly. So I can't work. I'm unproductive. <laughs> our giftings become dormant. Our strengths become ineffective. 
ineffective and it steals our confidence and our boldness, which is crucial to fulfill the call of God on your life or just to be effective in your workplace as a parent. It steals something that is crucial for your destiny. And if we run once because of intimidation, it is so easy to run again. And this is the problem. You see, so it's not going to help to ignore it. It's not going to help to be passive. We actually need to go into war mode. You need to put your soldier hat on. You need to make war against it. Otherwise, it's going to mess with you and intimidate you for the rest of your life. It doesn't, it doesn't just come once. It is, it's got a tenacity and it's got like a, you know, it, it comes and it comes and it comes and it comes. And if you're going to run once, you'll run again and you'll run again. And later, you will never try anything anymore. And I know what I'm talking about because I've battled this for so long in my life. So I want to take you to a scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Those of you should be familiar with this. It's in a, a new it's in a, uh, NIV translation. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Now what this scripture is talking about is, first of all, there's a war. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, there's a war happening constantly. And the scripture also says there's weapons of the world, and then there's weapons, there's God's weapons, and there's the weapons of the world. So there's different weapons that we can fight this war, and the key and the secret is to find God's weapons, especially as Christians. We need to find the weapons that God makes available to us and as I say this morning, I want you to put your soldier hat on because I really want us to make war against intimidation. And maybe you think, but surely I'm the only one battling with this. Everybody looks so confident. It's not the truth. Even the most confident and bold people often have something that would intimidate them. So don't be, don't be misled. Don't, don't think you are the only one. Don't think, you know, surely everybody is fine. It's just me. It's not the truth. Some people hide it better than others, and some people have by nature more bold and confident personality, but even they most often have something that intimidates them. So I want to give you a few keys this morning, okay? I'm going to tell you lots of stories from my own life. I want to give you a few keys how to deal with intimidation or fear or timidity in your life. So the first one is we need to step out and step out and step out again. Like I had to do with that two-minute message before we received the offering, I had to do it, and I had to do it again, and I had to do it again, and I had to do it again until I broke through a barrier that caused me to feel anxious about it. And if you need to do it afraid, then you do it afraid. I've done many things afraid in my life, so often, until there was a moment where I knew I'd break through. And it's glorious. You know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's action in the presence of fear. Joyce Meyer says this. Let me, let me read it again. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is action in the presence of fear. And this is very important because if, if you do not understand this, you will think that If you're afraid, you're not courageous, which is not the truth. You can be very courageous, but you could be afraid 
even in that moment, I want to take you to a scripture in Joshua that says, Have I not commanded you, this is God speaking to Joshua, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's so many men in the Bible that were warriors. They were soldiers. They were taking land. And, I mean, just look at the life of David, King David in the Bible. There's so many scriptures in the Psalms where he he talks about his fears. I mean, he killed Philistines. He was the one killing Goliath. He was the one not, not being afraid. However, the whole, the whole book of Psalms is full of David's fears. We had to wrestle with God. It's not about being fearless. It's about being courageous. It's about doing it afraid until you have breakthrough. You know, And the, the, the key is to get over ourselves because the root of intimidation is the love of self. We love ourselves so much, we want, we, when we love ourselves, we seek to save ourselves. Which means that we will be intimidated by anything that threatens our life, or our reputation, or our self, or our image. And it, we worry so much about what people will say or think that we run away. We run away, we keep on running away, and the key is to die to self. You know, in 2012, just before a big annual Awaken Ladies Conference in, in Cape Town, in those days, there was still just one Awaken Conference. Everybody would travel to Cape Town to attend it. There was going to be a thousand ladies, and I was going to go for the first time because my son was kind of at an age where I could leave him with my husband. I was going to go for the first time, and I got a phone call from one of the organizers asking me to do a welcome before one of the sessions. And with the happiest voice I could find, I said, thank you for the opportunity. Anytime, I'll do it. Bye. And I put down the phone, and I phoned Andre. I said, so they just asked me to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go anymore. I, I'm, I'm so anxious now. And again, again I heard God saying to me, Sonica, you need to do this. You need to push through. You need to overcome this fear. I went. I didn't enjoy the weekend. I hardly slept. I did, I, I, I did it, but I didn't enjoy it. And it wasn't easy for me. However, I did it, and I did it afraid, and it, it, as I say, it wasn't pleasant or joyful. It wasn't a, a, a weekend that I you know, have fond memories of when I think back. However, I did it. I did it, and for me, it was the beginning of many other opportunities where I could do it without fear, where I could actually enjoy it, where I could actually leave East London, and get on the plane and not be anxious, but be excited. But if I did not do, do it that the one time and the next time and the next time when I was afraid, I would have still been, be afraid. I would have most possibly not do what I do this morning. I would have just hide in the corner and never open my mouth. And I want to encourage you this morning. You need to step out, you need to step out again, and you need to do it afraid until there is breakthrough. And please, I'm not only speaking about, public speaking is one thing. It's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. It's not necessarily what God calls you to do. But all of you need to sometimes speak at work. Or you need to speak in a meeting. Or you need to, to speak in your, in your life group. Or you need to pray out loud, out loud. Some of you are terrified to pray in front of others. And God wants to break that. 
over your life because you are called to pray. And you're called to pray with boldness. So it's not about public speaking, but it's about opening your mouth when you need to because God has given you a voice and He wants other people to hear your voice. So step out, even if you're afraid. We need to take authority. Luke 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I've given you the authority. This is Jesus speaking. Behold, I've given you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And this is the, the important part because we're not necessarily trampling on serpents and scorpions in the, you know, in the natural. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, the way I see intimidation, it's a kind of a power or a strategy of the enemy that he's using to steal our God-given authority. And God says, I have given you authority over this thing. God has given us authority over intimidation. And the way we take authority very practically is by praying Scripture and by making declarations. You know, I remember, you know, there were seasons in my life when I was still in the, before I started working with Andre, I was an auditor. I had to manage really big audits back in, in Stellenbosch. And there were seasons in my life when I was so intimidated at work. I couldn't, I couldn't think straight. And there was this one specific client. You know, I often had clients be my dad's age. So when you're 24, 25, 28, it's really intimidating, you know, to having to deal with clients and they are your dad's age and you are Afrikaans and you are shy and you come from a, you know, I was, I was just, I had to break through so many barriers in my life and I had to run it, I had to, to manage a team, sometimes eight, nine people on a three million audit. I had to report back to my boss and everything was just intimidating to me. And I remember this one specific client that was the most intimidating one. <clears throat> I would literally go early in the mornings. Before, every, before anybody arrives, even the client wasn't there, they gave us tags so we could get into the building. So I would go to the boardroom where we would, walk, uh, we would work as an audit team, and I would march up and down that boardroom declaring Scripture because I, could n- I was not coping. I was not coping, and I was the manager. Okay, so now I must help my poor, the poor article clerks. They're even more freaked out than I was, <laughs> and they're even more intimidated because they knew and I have the audit partner, you know, waiting for me to report back to him. And I was supposed to be the one keeping everything together. And I was not coping. So I would march up and down. I would say, for God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. For greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. For God is my light and my salvation. I shall not fear. For, for God is the strength of my life. I will not be afraid. I will be strong. I will be courageous. I take authority over the enemy who wants to intimidate me. And I would do this. I would quote every scripture I can remember. You know, in the 10, 15, 20 minutes I can find before people arrive. And until I feel I can breathe. I can do this. I'm not alone. God is with me. It's not about me. It's about Jesus who is real and who lives inside of me. I can do this. But it wasn't about a natural confidence that many people have, but I, I had to find my strength in the Lord. Because I was so intimidated, the, the specific client in one meeting, he said to me, he said to me, Sonica, what is your problem? 
I was like, oh God, I need, to, I need your grace. You know, I was, it was so intimidating because I was obviously trying to comply with international financial accounting standards. If there's any, any accountant in the house, you'll know what I'm talking about. For the, for the rest of you, don't worry about it. <laughs> and they were, yeah, they, they were battling, you know, they were not wanting to comply. And I was, I was, I felt very alone. And I had to rely on God. I had to take authority because the spirit of intimidation was wanting to push me out of my authority. And I had to fight it, not with the weapons of the world, but with spiritual weapons. And I had to find scripture and I had to make declarations until I moved from anxiety to peace. And it was beautiful. And God was faithful. And he helped me out and he strengthened me. But you need to do the same. You know, as I said, intimidation is not just going to go away because you ignore it. You can't be passive about it. It keeps on coming. So I've learned if I'm going to find myself in a potential intimidating situation, I can kind of feel it's coming. I make war before the time. If, I've, if I know potentially this kind of meeting or setting or situation is going to make me anxious, then I pray before the time. I say, I will not be anxious. I will be bold. I will be strong. God is with me. I will be strong and courageous, for God has not given me a spirit of fear. I make war. I, it's not about the people. We're never fighting against people, but we're fighting against a real enemy that wants to steal your voice. So I want to encourage you to do the same. If you're a teacher and there's this one person in class, whether it's a, whether it's a student, whether it's another, a colleague maybe, Whatever is freaking you out at school, you pray before the time. You say, God, I take authority. In the name of Jesus, this child will listen. In the name of Jesus, there will be order in my class. And I'm not saying it's a magic button. I'm not saying, you know, we just pray one prayer and everything's fine. However, it, it changes you. It changes the atmosphere in your heart. That even if the child is not listening, you're going to feel... You're going to feel that you have authority. But the moment you do not make war, even a five-year-old is going to push you out of your authority. Hey, your children, your, your, a client, maybe some of you have a client, and for some reason this client's got the ability to intimidate you. Your fight is not against the person, but your fight is against something which I call intimidation, that wants to push you out of your authority, it wants to make your gifts dormant, it wants to make you feel as if you're not a leader, as if you have nothing to contribute, and as if you just want to run away and hide. So take authority before the time. You do it by using Scripture. Find yourself four Scriptures. It's enough. Memorize it. Learn it off by heart. Quote it as if you believe it. If you don't believe it, you say it 15 times until you believe it. And I guarantee you, the atmosphere in your heart will shift from anxiety to peace. We need to ask the Lord for boldness. So we need to step out, even if you did afraid. You need to take authority, and you need to ask the Lord for boldness. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, it says, For he himself has said, that's God speaking, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So, we may boldly say. Not we may 
maybe say, or we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? If, if you just get this scripture, if you just have a revelation of this one, it's already going to make a massive difference in your life. You know, so walking free from intimidation has got nothing to do with being an extrovert. You need to understand this. All the introverts in the house, maybe all the shy people, this is not about being an extrovert. You don't have to change your personality in that way. But you need to understand that we have a certain idea of ourselves. We have a certain idea because of what people spoke over us, what our parents maybe spoke over us, the way we experience certain situations. So we have a certain idea of who we are. You put yourself in a category. And I just want to remove those limitations. I want to take all of you out of your box that you've put yourself in and show you that God is greater. God is, your personality is a blessing. The moment your personality feels not like a blessing, it's because there's something coming against the beautiful way God designed you. There's many, many different personalities. It's all beautiful. You don't have to change who you are, but you need to become who you really are. That's the key. That's the key. And you should, you should not view yourself from a certain perspective and, and tell yourself, but I cannot change because you can. You can. You can be more bold. You can be more confident. You know, boldness is released when we do not trust in our own strength. This is why it's got nothing to do with being an extrovert. It's something that comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. I remember when Vian was three years old, our son, I felt it was time for me to join the worship team again. And I took a long break, three years, because if your husband is the pastor, what do you do with your baby? You know, if, if you don't have family, you're kind of stuck. And, but after three years, we felt, okay, we can maybe do this now. And I was extremely intimidated. And it was not for a lack of experience. I've been in worship teams since 95. So I, there's certain, a certain part of worship or a, the band that I, I feel confident in. But I was very intimidated. I heard voices like, Sonica, you're going to interfere with the team. They are fine. You're not just going to go and interfere. Don't get involved. They don't need you. They are flourishing. They are fine on their own. Why do you want to get involved, Sonica? Why? And, you know, I heard all kinds of voices. And I had to take authority. I had to ask the Lord for boldness. And I want to explain to you that even in an area of expertise or even if you have experience for 15 years in a certain area, you can feel intimidated in that exact area, which doesn't make sense. Why? Why would that happen? But that is sometimes exactly what the enemy wants to do because he wants to push us out of, uh, of something that God called you to do. It's your strength. It's beautiful. You're confident. You're supposed to be confident, but now all of a sudden you're not. It's intimidation. It's called intimidation, and you need to fight it. It's not just going to go away. Proverbs 21, 28 verse 1 says, the, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. It's your inheritance as God's children. If the moment you are born again, the moment you're following Jesus, you are being made righteous, not because of your good works, because of the blood of Jesus. 
The righteous are as bold as a lion. You are bold. If you are a son of God, a daughter of God, you are bold. Because it's your inheritance. It's not about you. It's about God making you bold, doing something beautiful in you. So ask him. Ask the Lord for an increase in your boldness. We take authority, yes, but sometimes we can just be so focused on fighting the enemy where we should maybe just ask for more boldness. So there's two sides to this coin. We, we take authority, but we also pray and ask God for more boldness because if our boldness increases, we will, we will just have more confidence to do what you need to do. Fourth one, be an intentional peacemaker and not a peace. Keeper, I want to I wanna sit on this one for a while. Matthew 5 verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Okay? Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers, for they shall be called sons of God. Maybe you think peacemaking, peacekeeping, isn't it the same thing? It isn't. All right? I'm going to show you now. If you are avoiding conflict, and if you are sweeping things under the rug, you are a peacekeeper. You're not a peacemaker, you are a peacekeeper, then intimidation is controlling your life. You are a peacekeeper, not a peacemaker. Let me explain it to you. Peacekeeping feels peaceful in the moment. It does, because you're not doing anything. You're sweeping things under the rug, so it feels very peaceful. But ultimately it leads to anxiety, frustration, a war. Peacekeeping peacekeeping will never lead to peace, even though it feels peaceful in the moment. Peacemaking, on the other hand, feels like war sometimes. Peacemaking feels like war because you need to confront, you need to address, you need to do something. It feels like war. It doesn't even, listen to this, it doesn't even always look godly or Christian when you're a peacemaker because it might look as if you're looking for a fight. It might, we're not, I'm going to explain it to you now how to do it. We're not looking for a fight. But I'm just saying the perception. Why would you be a peacekeeper and not a peacemaker? Because sometimes people want to be the godly person. They want to be a good Christian. They don't want to fight. They're actually they, they're not necessarily running away, but they want to do the right thing. So they think peacekeeping is the right thing to do. But ultimately, it leads to war. Where peacemaking sometimes feels like war or looks even like war, but it leads to peace. You know, there's a very interesting scripture. I don't know where it is now, but Jesus, this one piece where where he says in the Gospels, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring the sword. (laughs) Have you ever thought about that scripture? And I really believe that, you know, his death, the way Jesus died, was that peaceful? No. It looked, it, it, It looked as if there's a war, and there was a war, but it led to peace. Jesus was a peacemaker. He would have done anything for us to have peace. So peacemaking doesn't always look peaceful, but it leads to peace. And I want to speak to the husbands just for one moment. Just allow me to speak to the husbands. When I was preparing, I really felt that for some of you, not everybody, I feel that your mother is interfering with your marriage. And I really feel that your, your wife feels unprotected and she feels unloved. And because you are a peacekeeper, 
you're not dealing with this. As a husband, you want to keep the peace because you, obviously you love your mother, which you should, and you love your wife, so you're trying now just to keep the peace. But I really sensed, and if this is applicable to you, I pray that you'll just take it to the Lord. Okay, I'm not judging anybody, but I feel that this, it's, it's creating tension in your marriage because you are keeping the peace, you are sweeping things under the rug, and your wife feels extremely unprotected and unloved, and you don't really see her side. You, you just protecting, you're protecting your mother more than you're protecting your wife. So I just want to leave it there. I really pray that, that God will show you if this needs to be addressed. Let me give you an example okay, from our own life. When Vian was very small, a couple of weeks or months, I can't remember, Andre's mom visited us. She's a strong woman. She's beautiful. She's amazing. I have so much respect for her. We have a very good relationship. I'm thankful for that. But when she arrived, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know what I was doing. And now she came with all kinds of advice, all kinds of advice. I must do this. I must just keep the dummy. I didn't want Vian to uh, use to do like the dummy. She said, no, no, and he didn't like the dummy. Okay, so he was like, there the dummy goes. And she says, so I came, just keep it in like long, long, long. <laughs> All kinds of things. Like, I was like, I'm not coping, I'm not coping, I'm not coping. I don't know if she's right or wrong. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I'm just not coping. So at the end of the weekend, she leaves back to Cape Town. And my husband could see that I was not happy. So now he phones his mom. Okay? My husband is not a peacekeeper. He's a peacemaker, praise God. <laughs> Praise God. If you haven't discovered that yet, he is a peacemaker, and it's awesome because it leads to peace. He phones his mom. He says, Mom, you are very welcome to visit us again in East London, but not if you are going to have so many opinions on how we should raise a child. That's it. His mom took it beautifully. She apologized. She said, no, 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 she was so excited she couldn't stop talking and, you know... <laughs> It was, it was awesome. I felt loved. I felt protected. His mom apologized. It was a non-issue in the end. She just said sorry. She didn't even realize that she was upsetting me. And I had peace. I had no fear for the next visit. It was awesome. Our relationship is without any tension. But if Andre did not do that on my behalf, I would have possibly been very anxious for the next visit. Maybe she would not have even had so many comments, but just because of the previous experience, I would have felt very intimidated and fearful. And my husband, because he's a peacemaker and not a peacekeeper, he confronted in a, lo in a, in a, in a uh, loving way. He just, but he was straight. And he, he said to her mom, this, this is how it's going to work. And the result was beautiful. You need to, you need to force yourself to confront even if you hate every moment of it. You do it prayerfully. You ask God's wisdom. You wait for the right timing. We don't just storm in and confront. It's not how we do it. But you will never be free from intimidation if you don't learn to confront, to speak, to address in your marriage, in your workplace, in your friendships. You will never get away from this because you need to learn to do this. It doesn't come natural for me. I had to learn to do this. You know, and if it does come natural for you, I'm not saying pick a fight at every possible opportunity. I don't sp speak to you. If you are that person, I'm not speaking to you. You know, we do this in a godly way. We say, Lord, 
There's tension. I can feel, ang- I feel anxiety in my heart. I feel being pushed out of my authority. What should I do? Should I speak? Sometimes we shouldn't speak. Okay, we need God's wisdom. But sometimes and most often it's something that needs to be addressed. And the beautiful thing is the outcome is 99% is actually positive. Maybe not in the moment, but the outcome, I even want to say 100% of the times, because you need to learn to become a peacemaker and not a peacekeeper. Let me give you one, one other example. We're going to pray. Does anybody relate to what I'm talking about this morning? <laughs> when I was, again, another work story, okay? Another work story. I was, in an auditing firm, you are, you're doing your articles. Then in, in my firm, you could become assistant manager, manager, senior manager, associate director, and audit partner. So I was at the level of senior manager, was managing a really big audit, and they organized an assistant manager to help me on the audit because one manager was not enough. So um, they gave me this, this new girl. She was amazing. She's possibly now one of the either audit partner or very successful in her career. She was amazing. She was chosen specifically for that audit. However, there was one situation, like fairly in the beginning of our working relationship, where she challenged me in front of the whole team and the audit partner. Okay, so you work in a, like a very small space, small room, and now we worked a lot of overtime that year. And I felt sorry for the people, but I had no choice. You know, we just had to finish the job. And, but obviously they complained, they spoke to her because she's not a new girl and they wanted sympathy from her. And then she challenged me in front of everybody and the audit partner about you know, the way I now treat the people, which was very difficult to me because my heart is, if anybody knows me a little bit, my heart is people before the task, always. But we, we had to do this. It was just a deadline. It was a listed client. The results were going to the newspaper. We had to finish the job, okay? And she didn't have an understanding of that because she was new. She was very new on the audit. So now I feel pushed out of my authority, I felt stupid, very stupid. Okay, audit partner sitting there, he's listening, you know, to her now, challenging me. The article clock's just like quiet. <laughs> and I spoke to my husband. He said to me, Sonika, you need to speak to her. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> he says, you need to speak to her. So, praise God, I found the garage. Phoned her, I said to her, listen, I need to, I need to speak to you. She drove all the way from Century City to Stellenbosch to see me. Now I sit her down, I explain to her, listen, this is the reason why I do things the way I do it on this audit. There's specific reasons, there's specific protocol, there's specific expectations from the client. It is an exceptional here. I explain everything. And then I say to her, what you did the other day was very difficult for me. You put me in a very difficult position. And it, it felt to me as if we're not a team, but we're working against one another. And I need your support. If we're going to make this work for the next three, four years, I need your support. I need you to, to partner with me. So it, it wasn't an easy conversation, as you can imagine. But the outcome was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was so anxious before the time, before I spoke to her. But I did it, and she took it really well. She said, Sonika, I'm so sorry. I really didn't, uh, that wasn't my intention. We had a very, very good discussion. And everything changed after that one discussion. We became 
an awesome team. You know, in fact, she would, she would cover for me, you know, when, when, when there's a lot of work to do, she will take some of my work. She will, we became an amazing team. But if I did not have that conversation with her, I would have felt intimidated all the time. She was really pretty, beautiful. She was one of those really just, this is the kind of girl you, you want, you know, you know, for a big listed client as a manager. That was like, I felt. And I would have been intimidated for three or four years working with her if I did not have that conversation. And praise God for my husband who said, Sonika, you need to talk. You need to speak to her. And the outcome was beautiful. So I want to encourage you this morning. There are situations that you need to address. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sharing mostly work stories now, but in, in church, you know, there's some of you that need to invite somebody to church. There's some of you that need to lead somebody to Jesus. There's some of you that need to pray for somebody's ankle who just hurt their ankle or, you know, you feel God is speaking to you, but oh, what are the people going to say and what we need to die to self. If we want to overcome intimidation, this, is, this will affect every part of your life, your marriage, your work, your Christian life, your social life. It will affect everything. Maybe you want to share a joke behind the, you know, the bri, you know, or not behind, you know. When you, when you, when you, when you bri, when you have a social, now you really, you die to share this joke. But now what if it's not funny? And what if nobody laughs? And what if you look stupid? So what? Share your joke. You know, and sometimes you purely just to share it because to spite the spur of intimidation. Oh, we'll share this joke now. I want to encourage you. There's a call upon your life. God wants you to be confident in your marriage, in your workplace, in your social life, in your Christian walk. There's a call upon your life and God wants you to be bold. And He wants to help you. And if you can break through a few barriers, I'm not saying you, you, you overcome intimidation once and it's then done forever. You know, I'm still fighting intimidation, but I've come a long, long journey. And if I can do this, if I can do this, I was so shy, you know, I didn't even want to go to school. I just wanted to stay at home. You know, grade one, two, three, I didn't want to do anything, any extramurals. I didn't want to do ballet. My mom wanted me to do ballet. I didn't want to do ballet. I didn't want to do sport. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to hide at home. God took me on a long, long, long journey to overcome intimidation. I'm still on a journey, but I am so thankful that I've learned a few things along the way and that God has been gracious to me and patient for every time I was afraid, for every time I was intimidated. And He wants to do the same for you. He wants to do the same for you. You are powerful. You are a powerful man. You are a powerful woman of God. Do not allow intimidation to push you around anymore. Let me read you one, one more scripture. Maybe we can read this together. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to read it together. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and of self-discipline. Some translation says it's sound mind. So let's read this together. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a self-discipline. Okay, let's read. For God has not given me a spirit. For God has not given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. 
Amen. And remember, it's not a fight against people. We're never fighting against people. We're fighting against some, some kind of opposition, whatever you want to call it. It wants to push us out of our authority. Sometimes it works through a person. But your fight is not against the person. Your fight is against this thing. Because if it's not working through this person, it will find another person or another situation to work through. Finances or the future. There will be something that intimidates you that you can't think clearly and that you can't make the decisions that you need to make. But imagine a life without intimidation. Imagine. Imagine you can be as bold as a lion. Imagine you can speak when you need to speak. Imagine you can make a decision when you need to make a decision. Imagine you can think clearly at work because you're not intimidated, you're not afraid. You can think clearly. You can actually be productive. You can actually be what God has called you to be. Imagine that. That's your destiny. This is what God has called you to be. Amen? You can do it. If I can overcome this. If, what you see this morning is a miracle. For me to have a mic in my hand and to stand in front of you, it's, it has not been an easy thing for me to do. But I'm enjoying it more and more. Not because it's my natural thing, but because God has given me a supernatural boldness and wants to do the same for you. Amen? Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.